Greetings, Imagination Connoisseurs. Once again, it is I, your Duke of Dope Discourse, your master of fun and wonder, and as John Campion once called me, your existential Mr. Rogers. We still have yet to define what that means, but I like it. Once again, I have been tasked with answering your questions, doing a companion video. Let's just jump right into these questions. We start with... McCready's computer, which, by the way, nice reference to the thing. John and team love the show. With Ghostbusters Afterlife, how significant of a role do you think the OG Busters play in the film? Hoping for more than just cameos. Also, thoughts on all Ghostbusters films, animated series, and did you play the video game? It's great. Truly, the third Ghostbusters. Well, McCready's computer, I love the fact that you're a Thing fan. I have to say that, you know... I'm a big fan of the original movie, Ghostbusters 2. I mean, it's kind of more the same. I, Janos Poha was a great name for a villain, but not a big fan. Not a big fan of the movie. Uh, I didn't like the 2016 Ghostbusters reboot. Not because it was an all-female Ghostbusters, but I thought what made Ghostbusters great was it was sort of anchored, believe it or not, in reality. And the characters were. I mean... Spangler and Egon were, were, they were, they were the, 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 the fact that they were played straight was so funny. And then, of course, Bill Murray. And then when Ernie Hudson came along, on, along he sort of balanced it all out. But um, yeah, and I, I did love the video game. I thought the video game was great. I never really watched the animated series, but I really do love the original Ghostbusters. How could you not? Uh, Jeffy Masters says, hey, John, ever since Michael K. Williams was set to appear in Solo and subsequently pulled out, I always thought he would be the most perfect live action Cad Bane. Ooh, that was a good idea. So I was beyond gutted to read the news. Very sad day. Yeah, Michael K. Williams was a tremendous talent. What a, what a searing screen presence. It was very sad to lose him. And uh, he will be missed. BK Dan says, John, for the record. My prediction for weekend two, Shang-Chi, 45 million Friday through Sunday, 45% drop, almost unprecedented. Well, it's looking pretty good. Uh, it's Saturday, and it's early, early Saturday morning, but it's it's looking pretty good. Uh, you, might, you might be right. We shall see. BK Dan goes on to say, John and company, that would mean me. I agree with you guys as far as X-Men entering the movies. In Feige, we trust... Just trust and have faith that in the foot of Feige to step on the success that will be. By the way, John, you're already in the MCU. At least your foot is. That is true. He is in the Hulk. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, look, I think that what they're going to have to do is just state, kind of like the Eternals, that the X-Men have always been here. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you know, how many stories do we hear of people like... For instance, law enforcement. I don't know what everyone in, say, Kansas City law enforcement was doing. You know, we don't hear about them every day. And there's no reason to suspect that anything that's happening in the MCU right now, I mean, sure, the, the attack on New York and Avengers 1, but how long did it last? Would the, would the X-Men show up? Maybe they just haven't revealed themselves yet. We shall see. Uh, I don't know. Stranger Dell sends in a tip and says, So, per your Superman horseradish analogy, I liked Shang-Chi, which had Trevor, a character I liked. He's from Iron Man 3, a movie I didn't like. Therefore, I now can't bring myself to enjoy Shang-Chi any longer. Uh, I, well, I don't know what that Superman horseradish analogy is, but 
I don't know why you can't. I mean, I like Trevor. I like the way he was used in Iron Man 3. And I also like the way he was used in Shang-Chi. I mean, you know, I, I was never one of those guys going like, oh my God, that's a terrible bastardization of the Mandarin. I mean, it was just, it was a different take. I, th- I thought it was interesting. Hmm. Uh, Ike no- Nuoko sends in a tip and says, one of six, by the way, why the DCEU should follow the MCU formula argument makes no sense. One, according to their logic, Man of Steel and Green Lantern should have been masterpieces in the eyes of critics and fans since they were solo origin films like Iron Man 1. Uh, The DCEU did start off with solo films in Man of Steel and Wonder Woman to lead into Justice League, yet the Joss Whedon Justice League got terrible fan and critic reviews and barely grossed more than Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let that sink in. Lack of setup solo films didn't hurt the box office of 2016 Suicide Squad, changed the fact that Wonder Woman was praised in Batman v Superman, changed the fact that most people hated the Martha scene in Batman v Superman, changed the fact that most people hated Jesse Eisenberg as Lex. I was not one of those people. I actually kind of liked that. I thought it was different. And don't change the fact that Cyborg was the most praised character in Zack Snyder's Justice League, despite his setup coming from a two-second clip in Batman v Superman, email clip in Batman v Superman, and didn't hurt the box office of Aquaman despite his intro coming from an email clip. And Joss Whedon's Justice League, between 2008 and 2012, the MCU came out with six films to build up to Avengers between 2013 to 2017. DCEU came out with five films to build up to Justice League. Both studios took four years to build up their team films. Their team-up films. According to their logic, the MCU rushed their franchise and didn't take enough time to set up their cinematic universe yet this discussion stems from how the mcu took the right approach to setting up their universe and how the dceu should have followed their formula even though both took four years uh uh ike nwoko goes on to finally say basically gap in quality has nothing to do with formula and everything to do with a great script fleshed out with great direction that got filtered through great acting and coherent storytelling, which the MCU succeeds at and the DCU struggles with. All of this from a DCEU fan. Well, Ike, I gotta say, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I've always said that movies begin with great stories and great characters. Actually, they start with great characters and then great stories. And I do think that you're correct. I mean, Marvel storytelling has just been more successful. I'm a DC fanboy since way back. I love DC. Love it. But, oh, I mean, what can I say? I I just think the movies have been somewhat muddled. I, look, you know John and I are huge Man of Steel fans. I love Man of Steel. I liked uh, Wonder Woman 1 quite a bit. I thought um, Batman v Superman was overstuffed. I thought it had a lot of weird storytelling things in it sort of sidetracks not just the martha scene but there's just a lot of the the storytelling was odd i mean lex luther when you're seeing lex luther i actually liked the take i liked jesse eisenberg but the problem is it was just weird it's not the lex luther that we know and love it's not even remotely like him so when you see him you're kind of like wait a minute how is this luther and it just seems weird and i'm like well why do you have to make it weird and, and having to acclimate to that Lex was kind of bizarre for me. And so it didn't work. 
But I, I, I think a lot of Batman v Superman was like that. You're asking yourself, well, why are these things this way? Why couldn't they have been more streamlined and more sort of easier to digest? But uh, I think you're right about that. It all comes back down to great characters and great story, as always. Sarah the Supernova sends in a tip and says, Hi, John, I just came back from my third visit of Shang-Chi, and I still cannot express my utter elation of how good the film is. Top 10 in the MCU for me. I was absolutely charmed by Tony Lung's performance, so much so that I have to watch his previous films. Well, Sarah, Tony Lung, if I could be, I've said this before, if I could be Chinese... I'd want to be Tony Lung. If you want to see some great acting, great performances, check out the work he did with director Wong Kar Wai. Uh, amazing. In movies like, um, uh, uh, well, In the Mood for Love. Oh, my God. Is he incredible in that? Also, uh, check out uh, John Woo's Hard Boiled, where he plays an undercover cop in an action extravaganza uh, he's one of my favorite actors in the world working today, but the stuff he did with John Woo and, I mean, even Bullet in the Head, another John Woo movie, but I warn you, it's hardcore. Uh, but uh, I'm not hardcore, X-rated hardcore. I mean, hardcore, it's like hard-hitting. Um, but really, really good stuff. Tony Lung is one of China's greatest exports. So, yeah, I'm glad you dug it. Dangerous D sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, can't wait to see the full trailer of Matrix 4. Saw the teaser trailers. They look awesome. Did you see the teaser trailers and what did you think? Are you going to take the blue pill or the red pill? Bring on the filthy. Well, now that we've seen the entire Matrix trailer, I you know what? It's intriguing to me. While I don't think we saw any like groundbreaking action the way like Bullet Time was groundbreaking 20, 22 years ago, I, I'm still intrigued. I mean, it looks really interesting. I just don't know what's going to happen, but it looks really, really good. Really excited. Uh, Anonymous sends in a tip. One of three. R.E. Shang-Chi post-credit. In an interview with Entertainment Tonight, the director said, if you look deep into the comics, you don't have to dig very deep. It's definitely there. Indeed, it is. The power of the rings can call or summon the Malcluans. The Malcluans is a powerful alien race of space dragons, creatures from the Andromeda galaxy, one of them being the famous Fin Fang Foom, also, the rings are made of uh, McLuhan technology, which is highly advanced. This was a Shang-Chi 2 setup, in my opinion, and it also makes a lot of sense. McLuhan's are telepathic beings uh, and can shapeshift. I don't know if they will adapt the shapeshift because of the scrolls, but they might come up with something to make them even more powerful. Generally peaceful, but some seek to conquer other worlds. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know if they're going to go that direction. Obviously, we have dragons, so that it could be that way. But, um, man, I'm in. I love Chang-Chi. I love the mythology. I, I love where it's going. I don't know where it's going to wind up, but I'm there for it. I think the movie's doing well. I'm glad people seem to love it. So what's not to dig? Suthius says, there's been not one, not two, but three teaser trailers for the actual full, full trailer of the matrix four on thursday why what is the purpose of this teaser trailers for trailers are dumb in my opinion well suthius i'm kind of there with you and it's frustrating you know it's like you watch this like give me give it give me the trailer now i want it now but they don't and i think look they create the hype that's what they're trying to do 
And I kind of think that they do a good job because I'm like, give it to me now. Why don't I have it now? So it works. It sucks me in. Uh, I was really happy to see the trailer, though. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. Although it's it, the cinematography looks different. It looks a little more digital, a little... The backgrounds looked a little phonier than... But it's supposed to be The Matrix, so it's not supposed to be totally real. But I'm, I'm in, man. I'm in. Koa1708 says, John, what type of razor do you use for shaving? Electric, disposable, cartridge, or old school straight? Koa, I've never been asked that. I use a Gillette, a regular blade. Uh, that's what I use to shave. Uh, and it does take a battery, so it does uh, vibrate, and I like it. Uh, it gives me a nice, smooth, close shave when I use them. Uh, so there you go. I don't know what John uses. Suthius sends in a tip and says, I don't know much about Shang-Chi and the rings in the comics, but when I first learned uh, of and saw that the rings would be armbands in the movie, I thought to myself, okay, these could definitely be rings or belong to a much bigger humanoid creature. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know where they're going to go in the Marvel Universe with them. Uh, that is... That remains to be seen. Don't know. But interesting. I, I mean, surely, I, without spoiling anything, it certainly is intriguing with how they leave it off. I don't know what they're going to do. I think it's going to be cool, though. Uh, Lee Crow says, Hey, John and company, I just wanted to recommend the documentary 9-11 One Day in America to y'all and the viewers on Hulu or Nat Geo. It was a great record of that tragic day. It had me in tears a few times, and I can't recommend it enough. I've heard that, Lee. And as this stream is dedicated to those that lost their lives on 9-11 and also uh, those first responders that are still with us or maybe suffered ailments because of what happened, uh, I would love to watch that. I've heard it's good, and uh, I'll definitely check that out. But this is the day that we remember those who lost their lives and those who gave so much of their own lives to save their fellow man. So, uh, good recommendation. Mintran sends in a tip and says, Shaw, Shaw, Shaw Shang-Chi. I saw Shang-Chi, amazing movie. I was surprised and happy to see Yen Hua in this movie. For the U.S. audience, he was the landlord in Kung Fu Hustle. That's right. I grew up loving his performance as Li Jing in the TVB show God of Honor, and I love seeing him in any project. I, don't you love it when that happens? I love it when actors like that do show up. Uh, Min Tran goes on to see, or on to say, glad to see Fala Chen in Shang-Chi, Sean's mother. I've seen her in various works like Can't Buy Me Love, Lives of Omission, Queen of Diamonds and Hearts, Heart of Greed, Moonlight Resonance. I've liked her work and was happy to see her. Yeah, I mean, it's not just, it's the, they, they populated all of Shang-Chi with so many great actors. And it's great to see them uh, do that which I think is fantastic. Red Stuff says, Hey, John and crew, have you checked out the new Wheel of Time trailer? What were your thoughts? I have a friend uh, who, who is named Stubble McShave. He's been on this channel. He, he, he's super chatted occasionally. Uh, he watches us, and he certainly watches my channel over on, my, uh, on the Burnett Network, my Rob Observation show. He's more excited about Wheel of Time than anyone I know. But I have to say, I just don't know anything about Wheel of Time. But it looks very, very intriguing. And it looks like it's handsomely produced. And they definitely have my uh, um, curiosity peaked. And I, I can't wait to see it, you know? We're getting so many great Wheel of Time. I'm, I'm a big fan of literary-based genre material. I'm just, I'm happy to see it. Happy to see it. So that and Foundation, another great... 
literary adaptation that I am so there for. So, yeah. Part one. Uh, this comes from Daki. Part one. Hey, John. The Chapek situation reminds me of the tenure of Will Eisner. Granted, Chapek has entered the position in the worst time, but I see some parallels. Both have made some questionable decisions when it comes to the parks, and both have the power figures looming over them. Eisner had Roy Disney, who ultimately got him ousted. Roy also uh, got Walt's son-in-law ousted as well. Chapek has Iger. Do you think Iger could pull a Roy and lead the charge to oust Chapek if things continue to go south? You know, that's a good question, Daki. I honestly, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's hard for us to say on the outside just how things are, are going at Disney. I mean, we don't, we're not privy to all of it. So I, I don't know, but I think that certainly Bob Iger could make a change if he wanted to, or maybe they're going to stay the course. I mean, it's hard, it's, it's hard to say. I, I, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Uh, Russell Amador sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, with all the X-Men talk, I decided to chime in. I feel like when we say the MCU is getting too crowded for X-Men, we're starting to sound like Thanos. Too many mouths, not enough to go around, so we can't let him be right. Ha ha, so in the MCU they go. Look, I, I look the, the, Marvel, the Marvel comic universe has all these characters, X-Men versus Avengers. I mean, there's no reason why they can't be there, you know. Uh, they everybody does kind of their own thing, you know. The Avengers do things, the X Men do things, and then they cross over. But I, 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 I mean, I guess because I'm a Marvel Comics fan, so I've never thought that oh, the universe would be too overstuffed. I just think they introduced the the X Men. We don't, we just haven't seen them. They've kept a low profile, so that's kind of how I've believed in it. I don't think the X Men need their own universe. I think they're going to be great when they're brought in the MCU. And by the way, Kevin Feige already knows how they're going to do it. He knows how they're going to do it. So we'll see. Jay Wintz sends in a tip and says, John, how did I not think of this? But the Ten Rings go back to Nan, a.k.a. Michelle Yeoh. She's a ravager on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. She crash-landed on Earth, losing the rings and adapted to life in Talo. Laugh out loud, of course, I'm kidding, but that would be crazy if Marvel did that. It would be crazy, but kind of cool. Kind of cool. I, 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 uh, I wouldn't mind that. You know, what if you found out she was a Ravager? I, you know, or not. It's kind of cool, though. I like the idea. Matt Weber, one of six. Wow, okay, I'm excited to read this. Here it is, John. The best way to introduce X-Men into the MCU. You don't separate them geographically, a la Guardians, but temporally. Make X-Men a period piece. Marvel could establish a mini-universe set in the 1960s with a fanatical S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, William Stryker, tackling the emerging threat of a small number of mutants. Both sides want to keep the mutants secret, resulting in them being little more than tabloid fodder urban legends. Then, at some point, well before Iron Man, the mini-universe ends. Interesting. In a no-more-mutants-type event, though obviously triggered by someone other than Wanda, Wolverine, Apocalypse, and one or two others retain their powers like in the comics so they can show up in the mainline MCU. Hmm. You even have a little ending speech by Xavier, something about how nothing can stop evolution and that mutants will return eventually, paving the way for new mutations to emerge, bringing the X-Men back into the story again. 
the opportunities are huge. You could get Haley Atwell back, maybe a DH David Harbour or Michael Douglas. You could pick and choose which stories and characters happened in the past versus the present for maximum impact. The only downsides I see are, A, that it could seem like a rehash of First Class, though I think that would be okay with a sufficiently different plot, and B, that some characters like Magneto and Xavier would inevitably not be able to interact with modern ones. I think it could work. What are your thoughts? Well, I love that idea. I, I mean, I love, look, I love First Class going back to the 60s. I love that idea, but I, I just think that, look, mutants, if you go back and you deal with, like, Apocalypse, Apocalypse was, of course, in ancient Egypt. And Apocalypse, I believe, Kang has even interacted with Apocalypse in the comics. Uh, Kang wanted to be, like, his mentor at one point or something, I forget. But um, I just think they're going to say that the mutants have always been here. Now, I don't know how they're going to make Magneto Magneto if he's not in a concentration camp, but they'll figure it out. Something will happen. But I, I, I do like your idea. I just think that whatever's happening in the MCU, it's going to be happening in the MCU proper in our timeline today. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I, that's what I would imagine. That's not to say that they aren't going to have flashbacks into the past. I mean, Agatha Harkness was introduced, what, the 1600s? So they could easily go back and do what you're saying. I think... Uh, a mutant presence in the 60s could be very cool, especially in the MCU. I think uh, think it'd be great. Arnie Asada says, anyone notice the Kung Fu Hustle poster? Yes, in Shang-Chi's apartment. Later, both films have similar endings. The hero gets tossed up into the air where they have a self-actualization moment and defeat the big bad with a special move. Well, that's probably why it was there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what that's what I really loved about Shang-Chi is that it it definitely acknowledged the history of Chinese cinema that it was derived from and they they weren't shy about where they were going and I I I love the movie for that um Jackie says the old guy is Yen Hua one of the Hong Kong Kung Fu actors for smaller screens he was also in Kung Fu Hustles the landlord yes I was more surprised to see him than Ben Kingsley and I think the legend of the ten rings isn't about the rings but the organization, uh, I love that idea. Yeah, and they did a lot. I mean, there's a lot of other actors, familiar actors, Asian actors that were in Shang Chi, and uh, I, I thought it was great. I was there for that, and uh, I think that that's something the movie hasn't even got enough credit for. So I'm glad that you're bringing that up, Jackie. I think you're absolutely right. K Major says, "Hey John, it's been a while since I've sent one in. I've been watching and loving all the content. I got to say, you sir." are truly the top-tier content on YouTube. Come on, man. What am I, chop liver? No, but you're right. I mean, even I. Uh, you and the crew bring your A-game to every show. Keep bringing the filthy. Uh, I would say, K-Major, let me speak for John here, because uh, I know this is true. John busts his ass to bring you the best show uh, possible. He cares more than anything about the audience experience watching the John Campy show. So it's nice of you to acknowledge that. I mean, John really does. He really busts his ass. So awesome. Thank you for noticing. And I'm sure he will dig the fact that you mentioned it. K Major says, let's talk Star Wars. I too was disappointed with how they struck, botched the land, or stuck, botched the landing on the episodic films. But now that Skywalker saga is done, do you think that Lucasfilm should continue the trilogy trope or focus on individual stories or films? Uh, this is number two of K Major's tip. 
It might be sacrilegious to say, but I'm just throwing new ideas out there. Is the trilogy trope really part of the DNA of Star Wars? Or was it the awesome characters and story like any other film? Have an awesome day, bro. K-Major, that's a really interesting question. I would say this. I don't think that Star Wars needs to be trilogies in order to succeed. Rogue One was an adjunct of the original trilogy, an adjunct of A New Hope specifically. And I think The Mandalorian has shown that Star Wars can go off in interesting new directions. I, you know... For those of who like who like the sequel trilogy, I, I it didn't work for me because the story was all over the place. It didn't have enough of a central story for me, and I thought the Rise of Skywalker was all over the place. I'm like, what is this? You know what? Come on, what? I mean, seriously, what is this? Why is it like this? And um, uh, I I it, it I wasn't convinced. So I think that they can make, um, I think they can do whatever they want now. I think the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, and the Ahsoka Tano show, and whatever, Alkalite, whatever they're doing, uh, I think they can go anywhere they want. Would I like to see great trilogies? Sure. You know, if, if or one-off movies, either way, I think they've, they've, they've moved past that. And unfortunately, uh, The Rise of Skywalker was not the ending that we wanted to see. It's the only Star Wars movie I've ever seen once, and I own it. Bum me out. Anonymous sends in a tip and says, hey, John, love Shang-Chi. And it was fun, but it had a couple of flaws. Did it? Main one for me was the third act, an over-the-top, ridiculous CGI battle we've seen a thousand times in the MCU. Will MCU ever change their style for ending movies in a more grounded way? Well, they might, but, you know, I mean, I think inherently superhero superhero stories tend to end with over-the-top boss battles of some kind. And this time, hey, we had, it might have been CG, but we had dragons, man. I mean, I know we kind of had dragons in Avengers, the first Avengers, but... I kind of dug it. I kind of dug it. I was there for that. But but yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually, I feel you. I mean, I would like to see more grounded. Does everything have to end in some apocalyptic battle? But I, I do like it. Uh, I have a lot of fun with that stuff because I like, especially this time, overblown Asian fantasy. But I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I think we should maybe bring it down to earth. Remember, like in the James Bond franchise, when they went into space in Moonraker, and they have this big battle in, in orbit of Earth. The next Bond film was For Your Eyes Only, and they pulled it back, and they went, they made it a little bit more, uh, they made it a little bit more down-to-earth, grounded. I think you might be right. I think Marvel could do something like that, but then would people be disappointed? Like, oh, that we didn't have a giant boss battle, which kind of, that's kind of a bummer. Uh, Anthony M.R. sends in a tip and says, fans, did you do it, Disney? Yes, fans, what did it cost? <laughs> um, fans, let me read that again, Anthony. Fans, did you do it? Disney. Yes. Fans, what did it cost? Disney. The Russo Brothers. Oh. Painful, Anthony, but funny. I like that. Yeah, I know. What did it cost? Everything. Uh, ben Rayner. <laughs> Uh, one of three. Hi, John. Hope all is well with everything moving and shifting in theaters. I have to ask, over or under 25% Avatar 2 will actually get released next winter? Uh, and Ben Rader goes on. Out of all the directors, I can't see Cameron allowing any kind of streaming day and date for even a shorter window. I would be terrified for any kind of lawsuit coming from, if, um, from him if I were a studio. 
Uh, do you think Avatar 2 and 3 will come directly to theaters as planned and keeping the release date they have now? Curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks and bring on the filthy. Well, here's the thing. Never bet... <laughs> Never bet against James Cameron. I think he's going to want to get these things out. I mean, my God, it's been so long, and he's been toiling away. He's already been making the movies for years, so I think it's going to stick to its. I think it's going to stick to its release date. I really do, and I think they're going to come out, and I think they're going to be theatrical because whatever we're going to see from him is going to require the technology that theaters can bring us. Probably the theaters that only IMAX can bring us have has that technology, but I think they're going to come out on time. And I think they're going to be absolutely be theatrical releases. And I, I, I think it's going to be mind-blowing. I mean, why people want to bet against James Cameron, I have no idea. Uh, they've been, they did it with Avatar. They did it with Titanic. And he won both times. So I think whatever he's doing now is going to be pretty amazing. I, I have to say, as I pour myself some more Pellegrino, I am a huge James Cameron fan. And I loved Avatar. I thought Avatar was an astonishing achievement. Um... I understand. Is it Fern Gully? Is it Dances with Wolves? Sure, it's classical storytelling. But I loved it. I thought it was done in grand fashion. Just love the whole thing. So there you go. Uh, Scott Brown says, I wanted to give a free hack if you use AMC A-List or the Cinemark Movie Club or any other. If you buy your tickets through Fandango, you get points from Fandango that earn $5 rewards and points from whatever theater plan you use so you can double up. Ooh. I didn't know that. I'm going to try that. Uh, Diego sends in a tip and says, I know you're not one for leaks and rumors, but I have a question. Why would Sony and Columbia copyright strike pictures of Toby and Andrew on set together in Spider-Man suits? I'm curious if you have any thoughts on why they are currently doing this. Well, Diego, I think probably to obviously, I mean, Occam's Razor... <laughs> The simplest explanation is usually the correct one. I would assume they're probably in the movie. But uh, that's why they're doing it. And I think that's why they're doing it, because they want to keep it a secret for as long as possible, because they have marketing plans and issues. And I think also, remember, you know, Marvel itself, I think Sony is playing nice with Marvel. Marvel is launching Shang-Chi. They already did, and they're now launching Eternals. And they don't want Spider-Man to steal the thunder from those releases. I think that's a big deal. I, I think that we've already got a No Way Home trailer. We know Doctor Strange is in it. Um, and it's a big deal. I think they just they want to keep the conversation where Marvel wants the conversation, which is Shang-Chi and then the Eternals, and then Spider-Man. So I think that's what they want to do, is they want to protect their uh, marketing and interests as long as they can. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. I think so. Uh, I think it's important. Stoner Watch Productions, dude, sends in a tip and says, one or two, hey, John and Rob, or Aaron, if you're still there, I wanted to ask if you're viewing Black Widow or Shang-Chi in theaters, had the movie trailer, like, shut your phone off announcement. So far, each movie had its version, but nobody but myself has said a word about them. I, well, I went to a press screening, so I, I can't speak to that. I have yet to go see Shang-Chi at a screening in a regular theater. I've gone to two different uh, uh, preview screenings, and um, so I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it, but um, I would imagine maybe it does have that. I, you know, I feel that way anyway. I think everyone should shut the F up in movies. I can't stand people who talk in movies don't like it 
Powers Power sends in a tip and says, Shower Thought number 744. Who has died more? Loki in the MCU, Kenny in South Park, Tom Cruise in Edge of Tomorrow, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, or Doctor Strange versus Dormammu. I can't sleep till I figure this out. Well, I think Kenny, man. How many times they killed Kenny? I think I'm going to go with Kenny in South Park. I don't know. What do you guys think? Kenny in South Park, but then maybe Tom Cruise in Edge of Tomorrow. Because we don't, we, we saw montages of him die, but I think it's got to be, there. Kenny and Tom Cruise got to be running neck and neck. So maybe, hopefully I can help you sleep better. I just can't give you a definitive answer. Anonymous sends in a tip and says, hearing rumors that Disney is giving Peter Rice more responsibilities and power to assist Bob Chapek with talent and on the studio side. Have you heard any rumblings similar to that? Thank you, John. Well, uh, I have not, but it makes sense. I think Bob Chapek, uh, look, you need help. Uh, Bob Chapek is a company man through and through. He's done a great job at Disney so far. He might be ill-suited to the position he finds himself in. So, uh, obviously, he's earned that position as far as the corporate structure is concerned. So, giving giving him a bit of a hand makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Uh, Ryan Loner sends in a tip and says, Sure, all our movies have clearly taken a big hit from being on HBO Max. And Free Guy and Shang-Chi are showing how much money there really is to be made. But I'm sure Dune is where the whole thing will really turn a corner. So smart, me. Well, Ryan, let's hope so. I mean, we're going to see. That's why Dune almost has a month. I think it actually does. Dune opens next week, this coming week, uh, in theaters all across Europe. So there's going to be a month head start where the movie is going to be gaining a lot of box office gold, hopefully, before it opens domestically. Which I think is a really smart play. Uh, so we'll see how good Dune does, if it has a lot of momentum going into its American release. I mean, we're going to get No Time to Die opens on the 8th, and I think Dune opens two weeks after that, like on the 22nd. So um, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah. Max says, what do you think of the new Many Saints of Newark trailer? That is the Sopranos movie. Bruh. I think it looks great. I can't wait to see it. I love that, like, Richie Aprile's in it. I, I, I think it's, I, I, it looks great to me. I hope it's great. It looks so good. Uh, I love The Sopranos as a Sopranos fan. I love that we're going into this universe and seeing where these characters came from. Very, very excited. Very excited. What do you think? Obviously, you must be excited, but you didn't say. I, I just assume you are because you're asking. I, I think it looks great. A.V. Callie, one of three uh, <clears throat> theory how the X-Men will be in the MCU Magneto the Brotherhood other mutants are living in a secluded island and continent called Genosha and it's enshrouded in camouflage similar to Wakanda Magneto sees mutants as a higher form and does not want to be associated with non-mutants and then we have Xavier and the X-Men S.H.I.E.L.D. made a deal with Xavier to please omit us the general public from seeing them we don't see mutants they are erased from our reality in return there's a secret organization within shield that works with the x-men and that division is like men in black they erased anything associated with the x-men mutants the x-gene from the original public with the events of infinity war magneto sees mutants are not affected by the snap and this was because the conflict um I don't know. I think that's a lot of asking. There's a lot of... I just think the mutants have been laying low. You know, I mean, if you think about it, even in the X-Men comics, 
there were very few times, I mean, the X-Men were always kind of concerned with X-Men things. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes they there were times when they the, the general public knew about them and they made appearances in public. But for the most part, the X-Men were, they kind of kept to themselves and, and even... Like, the general population, like, didn't know about the Mojo-verse, for instance. So, I mean, obviously, the X-Men became much bigger when they had they had Utopia, Genosha, and all, like, the, the, their, the island nation, and then their their safe haven off San Francisco. There was all kinds of different things, and then, then they were known. But it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't, I think you're, it's too much of an ask that there was all kinds of keeping secret and camouflage. But, hey, you never know. I mean, those aren't bad ideas. Uh, I just don't know if that's the direction they're going to go in. But it'll be interesting to see what direction they do go in. Mark Smith, one of three. Hi, John. Big fan of yours since the AMC days. Due to the pandemic, not all of us are going to be able to watch exclusive theatrical releases like Shang-Chi right away. It is what it is. But I love watching your show, and even though I understand you have to talk about movies coming out and answer the questions sent in, I'm afraid of getting spoiled by a video title or a viewer question. I don't want to stop watching your videos for a month after every release, so I just want to ask, what can we expect from the channel in terms of spoiler discussions for exclusive releases in the future? Thanks, and keep on bringing the filthy. Mark, this is a really good question. I mean, now, you know, we're... we're Whatever you believe between mask mandates and all that, our uh, the vaccine is still experimental. I know that the FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine, but uh, they also stepped up their approval process. And I think there is a good point to be made that there are people that say, I would rather wait and see the what happens with the virus in ter- terms of vaccinations in the long term. Very valid. A friend of mine who's a doctor said, look, you can't fault people for thinking that because uh, that's how it's always been done. And it's been speeded up, although more people have this vaccination uh, in, in the long run. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, tough, it's a tough thing. It, it really is. And I, I respect people who, who would ra- rather wait and see. I get that because it's still an experimental vaccine. I get it. However, I think we, I'm, I'm speaking for me, I'm not speaking for John. Our job on this show is to talk about the new movies that come out. And while the first weekend, we don't want to spoil things, usually the first week, after a certain point, we have to talk about those things because then they're old hat. You know, you move on and another movie comes out. So I think it's, I, I know you as a viewer who don't want to be spoiled, you're not going into theaters like Shang-Chi, it's a 45-day window. There's no way we could wait 45 days to talk about Shang-Chi on the channel, we just couldn't do it. Because what we do is is topical. So, I mean, I think that maybe if the headlines are spoiling, I, I don't see that there's any other way except to um, just be mindful of what you're going to watch. Because I think we try and keep it spoiler-free for at least a week. But, you know, we still we still have to do the, the daily job of the channel, which is to discuss movies and movie news and what's going on. But I understand where you're coming from. Kyle Brenner, one of two. Hey, man, I love this show, and it's part of my everyday routine. Well, thank you, Kyle. Keep it up. Anyway, I DM'd you on Twitter at Dangling Scott, and I sent you a screenshot. I saw a Zevia ad before the live show on Wednesday. About damn time, those cheap bastards. 
Also, regarding, well, first of all, since you're going to talk about Bob Chapek, John has got me drinking Zevia. And I think my favorite, I love the cola Zevia, but my favorite has got to be their ginger root beer Zevia. Oh, man. So good. Love it. I'm loving Zevia. But the problem that I have with it is it's damn expensive. Uh, it ain't cheap. And that makes sense. I understand that. But I think John said to start buying it off Amazon. I think I might do that. Also, people keep telling me that my AHA, I love AHA as well. And my favorite flavor of AHA is the black cherry and coffee. I know people are like, what? I'm telling you, it's really good. But uh, that's so funny that Zevia, I mean, Zevia should be sponsoring the John Campy show. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. Should be sponsoring it. Absolutely. Uh, but I'm glad, Kyle, that uh, you saw Zevia ad in the show about damn time, just like you said. Kyle goes on. He says, also, regarding the Bob Chapek thing, not sure if he's not used to being always on the clock, and that's why he told Scarlet's reps to have their people call his people. But the way I see it, if you're the top dog, you're always on the clock. Kyle, absolutely right. Look, there was no reason why these talent relations had to break down the way they have. No reason. And, you know, apparently... As we've heard and we've read, they tried, Scarlet's reps tried, CAA tried to reach out and alleviate the situation. It should have been alleviated, period. I mean, it should never have been public. It should have been taken care of. And this was a huge misfire from Chapek's point of view. There's no, I, I think there's no way around it. Um, <clears throat> it should not have happened. Anyway. Anonymous says, you're always a man of following good, reliable sources and not rumors. But when the topic of Toby and Andrew and Spider-Man comes up, uh, you say, I believe they're in it with a grin on your face. Please, if you've heard something, scratch your neck or cough. I'll never tell. And I'll tell you something. Uh, I was at an event that John was at. Uh, the Designing Hollywood podcast live show. And uh, I interviewed the costume designer of Spider-Man No Way Home. And she might have said some things to me. Not going to tell you what they are. Uh, Casey McNatt sends in a few. Hey, John, I know... Or think you mentioned this movie before, but have you seen the trailer for My Son? My Son is the movie with James McAvoy, where the main selling point is that James McAvoy wasn't given a script or any dialogue ahead of the shoot. I think that's an intriguing idea for a movie, and it has me intrigued to watch it. It will be on Peacock on September 15th. Do you plan to watch, or are you interested at all? What are your thoughts? Well, what Casey's talking about is correct. A movie called My Son, it's a thriller where my son, uh, uh, presumably James McAvoy's son, is kidnapped and the way they made it was they didn't tell James McAvoy what was happening. He did not get those script pages. He didn't get to read a script. He didn't know where the movie was going and he learned as they were shooting it, which I think is very intriguing. I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see how it affected his performance. Did that experiment work? I mean, it seems a little gimmicky f to me. But it is pretty cool. Um, we shall see. Brian Mifsud, Mifsud, Mifsud says, just want to thank you for such a great show. It's always great, informative content and honest entertainment. I love the documentary as well. Please extend the well done and thanks to all the show's guests, especially RMB as a fellow hot toy collector. 
You know what? I've got my quarter-scale Spider-Man right here, right behind me. Can't wait to open that up. But thank you for that, Brian. That's a very, very nice thing of you to say. Uh, Hot Toys Forever, man. It's kind of like Wakanda. Hot Toys Forever. Um, you got to keep it coming, but you're absolutely right. They, they, it's the never-ending. Man, they're coming out with such good stuff, too. Moviegoer says, Hi, John. What would you do in this situation? Um, one of two, he's, at, he's saying. I wanted to see Shang-Chi since it opened, but I didn't want to be in a crowded, maskless Texas audience. I booked a matinee ticket, double-checked, and saw the seats next to me were empty. But then a guy sits down next to me, despite the rest of the row being completely empty. empty maskless. It made me uncomfortable, but then he started talking. Will Andrew be in Spider-Man? Is that Serena Williams? I walked out. I knew it would ruin the experience for me. Well, moviegoer, you know what? It's important for you to be safe and feel safe. I don't know why that kind of thing happens. I mean, maybe you could have moved to a different seat, but I think you did the only thing you could. Hopefully you got your money back. Um, you know, movie theaters have to understand. I, I, don't, I don't live in Texas, so I don't know what that's like. But I think you did the right thing. And uh, you got to be safe. And if people aren't being respectful of that, then you got to move. Because it's not like this Delta variant or any variants going away anytime soon. And if people aren't wearing masks, uh, I, don't, I, I don't think they should be inside. You know, you wear a seatbelt uh, in anticipation of getting into a crash that you might never get in. You might put a seatbelt on a thousand times before you're ever in a crash, God forbid. I don't understand in this particular day and time where there is a pandemic still raging what the problem with wearing a mask is. Or, you know, why do you have to sit next to somebody in a theater where the rows are completely empty? Why not just, as a matter of policy or politeness, socially distance? I think that's fair. You know, I think that's nice. I think that's just respectful. Ryan G says, John, last weekend I watched this show called You. I've seen you. It's on Netflix. It's really similar to Dexter in some ways when I finished this first two seasons. A third season is coming on October 15th. You should check it out next week. The show is really good. You is about a, a serial killer. A bad, bad dude. Um, I like you. I, I think it's good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I've only watched, to be fair, though, I only watched the first season. So I don't know what happens in season two. I know there's a season three coming out, but I liked the first season. I thought it was pretty good. I, do, I don't know the name of the actor, but I thought he was he did a good job. Um, Ryan G says, hi, John. Have you seen the Iron Man cartoon from 2011? I watched it when it aired. Now it's on Netflix. I caught a few episodes. I thought it was okay. I didn't love it, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, I didn't know it was on Netflix. I will check it out. Uh, you know, I like the great thing about watching animated episodes, especially half hour ones or less, is they're quick. They are quick. So that's good. Uh, Wade. Wade writes in, says, hi, John. The timing of this message will be off topic, but I was compelled to do so. A few shows ago, you brought up the secret of Nim animated movie, a film very close to my heart and saying you also love it made me super happy. It's rare to find fans like you. Thank you. Well, Wade, I, I saw The Secret of Nim when it came out. I loved The Secret of Nim. Uh, I thought it's a, it's a wonderful animated film. And I, if memory serves, they're doing something new with it. You know, they're, the, the books or whatever it was originally based on, I think they're readapting them. Although I'm not sure what they're doing. But I, I love Secret of Nim. I think Secret of Nim is a, is a wonderful uh, animated film. And I'm glad you like it. It's really good. I saw it first run. My God, what, so long ago? Some dude 
Some dude says, you keep saying that you believe Andrew and Toby will be in No Way Home based on everything I've seen. What exactly have you seen that convinces you despite, quote, no credible proof? From what we have seen, the fact that you have Dr. Octopus, we know Alfred Molina's in it. We know that Jamie Foxx as Electro is in the film as well. That alone, why would you bring those particular villains that each faced off against different actors as Spider-Man, why would you bring that them into this new Spider-Man movie and not the Spider-Man that they confronted? It seems to me that the, their presence in the films would lean heavily into the notion that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in the movie. Simply because, of, in my mind, in my mind, the logic that I see is that, okay, um, I, I could see it happening. Only because, why would you waste that opportunity? I mean, you, you could bring those guys into the MCU, but, you know, already J. Jonah Jameson's in the MCU. Why have these characters without the Spider-Man that they were confronting or that were confronting them? I, I, that's the only reason I think so. Um, and then maybe I've seen something else. I think they're going to be in the movie. I think they are. And I think we'll find out in the trailer that'll come out with Eternals. Um, Ishan B. <laughs> oh, Hey, John and Rob. I may uh, be out in left field, but I would really like new original Star Trek stories like Discovery. We need new iconic captains like Shatner and Picard. I know he's old, but Stellan Skarsgård, in my opinion, would carry such a great captain's presence. Well, Ishan, that's a great idea. I love Stellan Skarsgård. You know, he was in Hunt for Red October. He was the captain of an ill-fated Russian submarine. I thought he was great. I am not a fan of the new modern Star Trek, uh, as you know. Or if you've watched me anytime for any length of time, you know that. But I agree with you. I think we need brand new. I think Anson Mount probably is the best thing to come out of Star Trek Discovery. I can't wait to see how um, how his show uh, comes out. Hope it's great. We shall see. Um, but yeah, I really hope it's good. Hope it's good. Uh, James L.H. sends in a tip and says, Hi, John. To quote Jack Nicholson... Where does he get those wonderful toys? Well, John, let's talk about your impressive tall screen we can see from the other camera. I had to check a show prior to Tuesday as I thought I'd missed it. Very cool, John. Uh, you know, he does have an impressive tall screen. John has a great setup. He had a new picture of his new setup. John is always buying uh, new equipment to bring you, the viewers, the best broadcast experience he can give you. So you got you to admire that about the guy. I love it. He's always he's always telling me about new equipment. It's great. Secret Waifu sends in a tip. My top ten, not saying best, just most enjoyable comic book movies. One, Infinity, Infinity War. Two, Shang-Chi. Three, Thor Ragnarok. Four, X-Men Days of Future Past. Five, The Dark Knight. Six, Logan. Seven, Captain America Winter Soldier. Eight, Iron Man. Nine, Guardians of the Galaxy. Ten, Avengers... An honorary mention, Deadpool. That's a very fine list. Um, I, I would I would throw Superman the movie in there if that was my list. But uh, I think that's a great list you have there. Really, really solid list. 
nothing I can argue with on that. Uh, I like you through De- X-Men Days of Future Past in there. I think it's great. Uh, James LH says, John R.E. Shang-Chi. Love the film. Three times and counting. Really pleased for Simulu. Uh, and everyone having to wait so long. I like seeing a win for good people. Also, disclaimer, Disney are not paying me for expressing my positive feelings towards a movie. James, like I'm always saying, I'm waiting for Disney to roll in and back up that Brinks truck and pay me that shill money. Uh, It has not happened yet. I wish it had, but it hasn't. Uh, You know what? I, I love what you said. The movie's great. What's not to love? It's so much fun. It's so enjoyable. It's so entertaining. It's everything you want from a movie. At least it was for me. So I'm glad to hear that you dug it. Wu-Tang Dynasty. Amen. One or two. How much of a role do expectations play in enjoying a movie? I went in with high expectations for Shang-Chi and it fell flat. I went in with low expectations for Free Guy and yet I loved it. Did you see Jeremy John's review or the pitch meeting for Shang-Chi? I have not seen either one of those things, but I, I think, look, you're asking a really good question. Hang on. Uh, it's one or two questions, so let me get up to the second one. Their points and criticisms echoed my sentiments. It was a fun first act, but a lonely-to-sleep second act and a CGI-fest final act that caused my attention to be completely lost. Would have preferred a more grounded final fight instead of CGI overload. Well, Wu-Tang, I, you know, first of all, um, I think you're, you're, you, I can't fault your opinion, and uh, I don't necessarily think you're incorrect, I mean, I think we all want different things from movies. And I think having expect you should always have expectations. But um, I think maybe you, you wanted a different kind of a movie. Like when you say that you wanted a more grounded ending, I would love to have seen like some major big Blitzkrieg martial arts battle. And it was like the Raid or my beloved the Raid or as I like to call it the Rad. Um, however... What, for me personally, I didn't know that Shang-Chi was such a such a fantasy movie and one of the things that delighted me about it was i grew up watching asian fantasy films and i was so surprised at how i thought it was going to get much more of a grounded movie myself but i got this big epic fantasy and i i liked it for that reason but i mean i understand if it wasn't what you wanted going in that direction left you cold and and um i can see why jeremy said that and there are other people who've said that as well so I don't think you're wrong. It's just expectations, you know. Sometimes you don't get what you think you're going to get, and having expectations can disappoint you. But I always think you've got to have expectations of some kind. You always have to have expectations. You really do. Uh, Josh sends in, Hi, John and crew. That movie Sniff with Morgan Freeman and Helen Mirren looks incredible. Do you think Ben Platt will also be in it? <laughs> Well, for those of you who don't know, Taylor Hackford, who directed things like Officer and Gentleman and The Devil's Advocate, he's making a movie called Sniff, where Morgan Freeman and Danny DeVito play former police detectives. They're partners that have to like solve criminal uh, shenanigans or, or fight criminal, criminal, uh, criminal shenanigans at like a retirement community. And like Al Pacino's The Big Bad Boss. I, it sounds bonkers. And I'm, I love Taylor Hackford. So I'm sure the movie's going to be great, but I'm man, I'm so there for it. I'm so excited for this movie. I think it's going to be great. Uh, Fang Blaze sends in a tip and says, I know What If is a lot more unrealistic 
that the MCU already is. But in the MCU, it shows Iron Man's Mark 50 armor taking shots from the Power Stone and getting a moon thrown at it. So how the heck was a normal zombie able to bite through it? Fangblaze, that is such a good question. The one thing I didn't like about the What If Zombie episode, I didn't like the fact that, that like, the how is Tony Stark a zombie and knowing how to use his Iron Man armor? Or how is Hawkeye a zombie and using his arrows? I, I didn't like that. You're absolutely right. How could a zombie have ever bitten through that armor unless, you know, Tony Stark... I mean, if he knew that, the, if he knew that there was a zombie apocalypse... Wouldn't you leave that Iron Man armor on until you could get somewhere like into a shield helicarrier that's hopefully floating above the air? I don't know. I think you're absolutely right. I did not like that. I also just didn't like the fact that Tony Stark was wielding the armor after being zombified. It seemed like those zombies were too, they were too, uh, too smart. Uh, hey, John, just curious. What are your favorite seats at the theater? For me, I always choose the middle of the top three rows. Ooh, that's a good question, Fang Blaze. I got to tell you, I, I kind of like maybe the, the dead center, the dead middle of the theater, or maybe a few rows back from the dead center because I like that's where the sound, I like finding the sweet spot of the surround sound so you can hear the surround channels in, behind you and in front of you so you can really have that enveloping theatrical experience. Uh, that's what I like. That's what I like. Fabian Vegas. I love that name. Fabian Vegas. One of two. So WB just uploaded a video on their YouTube channel promoting the physical release of Zack Snyder's Justice League. The thing is, the video is unlisted, meaning that you would have to click a link to be sent to the video. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I have to say, I've had Zack Snyder's Justice League in 4K. I got it from Europe months ago. So this is old news for me, but yeah, there's a lot of people. That's weird. They, they probably they probably uploaded it and, and were saving it to get it ready for a certain time or something like that, and then they did it. Uh, Fabian goes on to say, why does Warner Brothers do everything in their power to hate on the film? <laughs> it just seems so childish and immature to do this. I honestly don't understand the thought process. Isn't it good to have a film succeed regardless of the issues? Thoughts? Well, Fabian, I'm with you. I don't know if if Warner Brothers is being petty or we're just perceiving it as being petty. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it did well for them. People like it. Um, and people are obviously buying it a, a lot on physical media. It sells well. I, I think, look, I think we're making more of it than it is. I mean, maybe some people were embarrassed by it. But let's face it, everybody at HBO Max, and they're stoked because they, they were the ones that made it happen. So, uh, you know... You gotta you gotta give it up for them for 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 doing that, but yeah, it's weird. I think it was just unlisted. They probably waited till it was up there and they were gonna list it. You know, they were gonna combine it with maybe a print campaign or something else, and they were waiting for them to to both be launched at the same time. That's the only thing I can think of, so they could get that synergy. A uh, Fang Blaze is back again. Hey John, have you seen? Have you got to see the second trailer for uh, Eternals in IMAX yet? Ooh, I haven't seen that. In IMAX, but I saw it before I saw Shang-Chi and the shot where the huge red celestial shows up sent chills through me. Something about seeing that shot in IMAX is chilling. Well, Fang Blaze, I believe that the birth, that there is a celestial deep in the earth and it's going to be born and destroy the planet. And the celestials are going to have to prevent that. I mean, the, the uh, Eternals are going to have to prevent that from happening. Either that or that red celestials coming to earth to judge us, in which case the outcome is not good. So that's what the Eternals have to do to save us all. But I haven't seen it in IMAX. Can't wait. I really want to go back. Elizabeth hasn't seen Shang-Chi, and I think we're going to take her and see it in IMAX, because you have to.
Bully McGuire says, hi, John, about Toby and Andrew returning in No Way Home. What if they don't appear at all, but instead Tom H. plays all the alt uh, plays the alternate any alternate Peters wearing their respective suits, a la some of the Lokis. What do you think? Do you have a preference either way? Ugh, I wouldn't like that, to be honest. I, I, I want to see Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire come back now because what a cool thing, especially after Into the Spider-Verse. It would be so cool to have him come back. And I have to say, as a fan, I'd be kind of bummed if they don't. I mean, I really would. I'd be, I'd be bummed. I'd be bummed. Um, but, you know, I don't know. So that's my preference. I want him to come back. We'll see. Uh, Anonymous says, Bozo question here. There are no Bozo questions, Anonymous. Bozo questions, or Bozo questions, if you, if Bozo quest, Bozo question here. If you only had the opportunity to do a cosplay once in your life, who or what would it be? Thanks for your show and welcomed attitude. Daniel from Orange, California. Bozo, I'm going to tell you what I would like to be. Actually, this is, you're not Bozo, you're Anonymous. Uh, there's a comic book that I loved in the early 80s called American Flag. Uh, flag was spelled with two G's and an exclamation point. And the main character, uh, his name is Ruben Flag, but he was a Plexus Ranger, which is kind of like a cop. And he has this really cool leather uniform. I would be him. I would cosplay. I'd like to have somebody make me that police leather suit. I'd want to be Ruben Flag from American Flag, one of my favorite comic books of all time. That's why I'd cosplay. Uh, Connor sends in a tip and says, Hey, John. I've only written in twice, but I just wanted to say thanks for the show. I've been a fan of the show for a few years and recently left home for college. Well, congratulations for going to college. Uh, leaving home can be tough, but remember, just stick with it. It's very rewarding and learn all you can in college. So having the show to watch every day has been a nice bit of familiarity in my life. Well, Connor, I'm glad to hear you say that. Of course, I would hope that I too play something in that. Uh, I hope so. Uh, congratulations on going to college. You know, um, V'ger from Star Trek The Motion Picture, the alien entity that turns out to not just be so alien. After all, uh, V'ger, the job of V'ger was to learn all that is learnable. Learn as much as you can in college, man. Do everything you can. Learn as much as you can. Enjoy it. And congratulations for being home and uh, away from home and at college. Very cool. Be, and still watch the show. Uh, always tune in. BK Dan says, John, to use a wrestling analogy from TV, the M... Oh, I... Oh, see, I'm, this is going to be lost on me. John, to use a wrestling analogy from TV, the MCU is the WWE. Sony is the AEW, basically. MCU is the bigger runner, and Sony is the second fiddle as far as superhero movies go, in my opinion. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, nothing... The GOAT is the MCU. 25 movies strong now soon to be 26 and 27 i mean with a success rate that you uh, is incredible incredible but i'm going to take your word for it i think that's probably a good analogy but that's not to say that sony you know their spider-man movies they've released all three spider-man movies they've done very well the last one uh far from home made over a billion dollars venom kicking ass carnage is probably going to kick ass they've got more morbius coming so i think you know there's a lot more marvel movies so i don't think that sony's ever going to catch them but but they're doing all right on their own. They're doing okay. Koa1708 says, John, when you attend premieres and events, what do you do on the red carpet? Do you get to meet celebs? Do people recognize you and ask for pictures or interviews? And do they give free popcorn inside? Ha, ha, ha. 
Um, they do. I, I, first of all, at red carpet events, you usually get free po- popcorn and soda, and they give you a parking pass as well. But yeah, when you're walking the red carpet, you sometimes bump into celebrities. You talk to celebrities, or you talk to friends, or people you know. There's a lot of industry people, but it is fun to talk to celebs. A lot of the time, though, there's press on the red carpet. There's a lot of press, so a lot of the time, the celebrities are are doing the rounds with the press. And that's kind of why they're there. So you don't want to bother them when they're doing that. But uh, that's what happens. It's kind of fun. Dr. Nova sends in a tip and says, when talking about the accountant, you use the term high and low functioning. I'd like you to know these are outdated and it's better to just use autistic instead of high and low functioning. Also, the best autistic movie is Mary and Max. Uh, Interesting, Dr. Nova. I did not know that. Uh, Mary and Max, I, you know, uh, I, I, maybe that's true. I'm not sure about high and low functioning. I do know that I have friends. I have people in my life that their autism is at various extremes. Um, so I, I, I wonder, I, I, I've never heard either one of them. I, I'm thinking of two specific people and they've always had something in front of their names, uh, to delineate how autistic they are. But that makes sense to me that that but I, I just think it's 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 when you're talking about where they're at in their lives or what they could actually do or something, maybe there's a, another word. But I, I, I think uh, I'll take your word for it that it's just autistic and that high and low functioning are archaic terms. I don't see that there's a, a problem with those terms necessarily because not all, there's people that have suffer from extreme autism and people that are mildly on the spectrum. And I think that you know, to, to know what you're dealing with, it's probably a good thing. But I, again, I don't know. I don't know what the protocol is, but um, uh, it's good to know. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Tom Wilgenberg. Uh, I know this. I probably butch- butchered this name. Uh, Venice was my first film festival. I often hear people there get too caught up in certain hype, but I think I was more critical of the films I saw than usual. Maybe that's because I flew across Europe to see them. Will be interesting how I feel upon the rewatch. It's always interesting, Tom, when you go to a film festival to see movies. I I do believe that uh, when you see movies there with the hype and the the maybe you're you 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 got to see movies a second time. I love film festivals, but I tend to have a more favorable viewpoint of movies that I see at festivals. Although unless I'm really looking forward to something, and it lets me down. Then I get even angrier. I'm like, damn it. Why did it have to be that way? But Venice, what a cool film festival to go to for your first time. I love it. Fritz the Cat sends in a tip. By the way, Fritz the Cat's coming out on Blu-ray finally and The Nine Lives of Fritz the Cat. Good name. Fritz the Cat says, hey, John, I've been an AMC A-list member since its inception, but starting next week, the AMC closest to me is cutting their showtimes down to a single show per screen per day during the week. I think it's time to switch to Regal. Thankfully, I have options. Why are they doing that? Is that because people just aren't going to the movies and they have to save money? I could see that being the case. That's a bummer. Uh, I don't like to, I don't like to hear that. Uh, Fritz the Cat, don't like to hear it. But um, that is a bummer. I'm glad, you know, Regal's a good choice. You should always have different places to go anyway. Um, I mean, I, I have brand loyalty, but, you know, if they only have one show and they take away your ability to have a choice, what's I, I have no problem with that. Go to Regal. Anonymous says, one, one of two. 
I may be the only one, but I wish the MCU would have explored the romantic chemistry between Cap and Black Widow. Thank you for mentioning that. I, too, feel the same way. The Peggy story felt like an afterthought, and Bruce and Nat felt pointless, even with the great line in Age of Ultron. Cap's emotional arc and scenes with Black Widow would have hit harder. Sans Hawkeye, Steve was the most hurt by Nat's death. A scene with our Steve stalking to old man Steve from a different universe, telling him to stop looking for the next fight, an Age of Ultron reference, would have been, wow. I agree with that. I think they clearly, after when they left, after Civil War, uh, I think that they had a relationship. It makes sense. You know, they're both on the run, and uh, I, I would like to have definitely seen them do a bit more with all of that. Willow. Willow says, Willow Yang, the lovely Willow Yang. I know you've only walked out on a handful of movies, but what about films on streaming? Do you feel compelled to watch to the end, even if it's terrible? I usually just fast forward or quit if I encounter a bad movie on Netflix. Well, Willow, I'm going to admit something to you. I do that. If something's not grabbing me, I will fast forward. I, I, I want to know what happens just because I, I want to know. Like, I can't not know. I'm a Even when I was reading bad screenplays, I would either skip them skip to the end, but I would want to know what happened at the end, uh, or I, I would uh, read, I would skim them, but I want to know. So I do that. If I don't like a movie on Netflix or streaming or whatever, I don't just turn it off. I do skip to the end. And if something's intriguing, I'll go back and watch and be like, oh, well, that's interesting. How do they do that? How do they get there? And so I, I'll go back and look, man. I will go back and look. Mark 2021 sends in a tip and says, hey, John, did you see that the Marvel Studios official Facebook page just posted a spoiler to Shang-Chi on 9-9-21? Depends when this question will be read in countries like Australia. I haven't gotten to see it. It's a good thing I have, but what's up with that? Oh, I don't know what they did. I mean, this is September 11th. I don't know what spoiler they posted, but that was lame. I mean, I think, again, they have to move forward. Even though Australia's in lockdown, they got to move forward, which sucks. That's a bummer. Uh, why would they why would they do that? I don't know what the spoiler is. Now I want to know. But of course, we couldn't spoil it for our friends, so it's probably best we don't know. That was rude of Marvel. Jonathan sends in a tip and says, Okay, forget what I said about Mitchells versus Machines being my surprise movie of the year. It's Dream Horse with Tony Collette. I was bored. I saw it had a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes and watched it. Man, this movie was more fun than I expected. Have you seen it? I have not. Uh, Mitchell's versus Machines, Dream Horse with Tony Collette. I have not. Uh, well, if you like it, that you know what? You're the first person, uh, Jonathan, you're the first person that said anything about it. Uh, puts that on my radar. I'll go watch that. Totally watch it. Josh says, the 4K video leak of Andrew Garfield on set looks like he's saying, so you have web blood to Toby, which is hilarious. Glad we finally have confirmation he's in the movie. I don't know if that's confirmation. I don't know. We'll see. Is that old footage? Old? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Count Shagula says, oh, hell, that trailer did it. I've never been more excited to reluctantly see a movie in my life. Here's to a good Matrix sequel. Well, Count Shagula, I hope it's good, too. I, You know, I like, look, are the Matrix reloaded and revolutions are they as great as the original matrix no but there's a lot to like the car chase scene in matrix uh revolutions is great i don't hate them i don't hate on them but they're certainly they're kind of their own thing they don't live up to the first matrix but they're not they're just so all over the place it's crazy uh toby ingram 
sends in uh, three. This is one of three. Hey, John and crew, I hope you don't mind me asking to pick your brains and experiences. Nope, I don't. Not at all. I'm 27 in the UK and currently a teacher. I'm looking to leave the profession and work in film and TV. I have a massive passion for the media industry, and I just would like to know any tips or opinions you have to get a foot into screenplay writing or editing. Thank you for everything you guys do, and just listening to you guys, JC, Rob, Aaron, and even Anne, giving me more knowledge on the industry helps. Uh, I believe you have a third one. Uh, any tips would be insane. Oh, plus, Shang-Chi was incredible, and I'm buzzing for Dune. Keep up the incredible work, and I look forward to listening to you guys replying to the question while I'm on my way to work. Well, Toby, I got to tell you, working in this business is tough. As an editor, uh, how I got into the business was I literally just started editing things. Now, I started out, we were doing little industrial videos. Uh, I was working with Peter Billingsley, a kid he starred in the movie Christmas Story. He and I started a company called Summerland Productions. And we just started going out and making like little industrial videos and little commercials for local businesses and things. And I would edit them. And I took editing at USC in film school, so I was fairly adept at it. But it just one thing led to another. And I, that's how I found the entertainment business works. I mean, you might have to, it's going to be tough because after being a teacher to, to, to start in an entry level is a tough way to go, but it's the best way to, to, to get in. Like my first job in the entertainment business was I was a production assistant, basically a gopher, you know, go for this, go for that. And, uh, but it was great because I was on the set of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 Leatherface, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. And it was the movie that Viggo Mortensen was in. So it was pretty cool. Amongst others, my beloved Ken Foray from Dawn of the Dead, he was in it as well. And, you know, I was there to watch and learn, and I was on set, and I got to do a bunch of different things. I worked for the prop department. I worked, obviously, I was in the art department, but I got to do a lot of things. So I think that's really kind of the way to go. But it's hard. I mean, if you want to get into editing, screenwriting is a really, that's a really, that's a whole tough profession. Who knows how long it's going to take you. It's very, very difficult to sell an original screenplay. But, you know, if you want to do editing, there's you can start editing and build up a portfolio for yourself. Go out and try and get jobs. I mean, it's it's editing is a skill that you can learn. And I would do, you know, I would read uh, Walter Murch's book in the blink of an eye if you want to edit. And there's other books. Read Eisenstein's uh, books on montage, the levels of montage. Those are definitely something you, you should uh, check out. Cletus Cassidy sends in tips. Says, John! I'm just so excited that Venom got moved up two weeks. I just bought my ticket to see it at Cinemark XD Theater, and it can't come soon enough. Have you bought your tickets yet? Because uh, we all know you're going. Uh, hashtag let there be carnage. I don't know if John's bought his tickets yet. I have not, uh, but I need to buy them. It looked, that movie looks so much fun. I mean, like, cannot wait. Honestly, cannot wait for that movie. I think it's going to be great. It looks great. Uh, I'm stoked. Stoked. Chris sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, love all you do. Is it me, or do you think that even though we all miss Tony Stark and praise him for stopping Thanos with his I am Iron Man snap, we often forget that Hulk was the one who brought everyone back, too? I think he gets overlooked. <clears throat> I agree. I agree. Remember the Hulk. Remember Professor Hulk, Bruce Banner, David Banner, all the banners. Uh, Bruce Banner, was he, did, he brought everyone back. He snapped, he snapped people back. That is not to be forgotten. Not to be forgotten. I mean, that's a big deal, man. Big deal. Uh, Mac and Cheese sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, long-time viewer, first-time tipper. I love your show. 
big fan. I watch your so I watch your so I watch your show so much. I had a dream about you. Nothing weird. Just that you invited me and my wife to dinner and you made mac and cheese. Laugh out loud. I don't know why, but I thought it was funny. You know what? John would make you mac and cheese. I think he might. That's the kind of thing. That's the kind of dish I think John could could in the kitchen. He could actually bust out and make you some mac and cheese. I think he can. Thought it was funny. Boba Fett is a virgin. Is that true? Boba Fett is a virgin. Sends in a tip and says, where do you put outlets like Collider and IGN in regards to reliability? The reason I ask is back last fall and earlier this year, they reported Charlie Cox had shot stuff for No Way Home and McGuire and Garfield and other previous casts were in talks to return. Uh, you know, I think IGN and, and, and Collider have a pretty good track record. I mean, they're, they obviously want to get clicks like everybody else, but they do a pretty good professional job. Um, and, you know, maybe they outlets were reporting that or maybe they were reporting rumors or something. But, um, you know, again, take everything with a grain of salt about No Way Home until you've actually seen it. That's I always take a wait-and-see approach. Um, I do. I think that's the best way to be. Uh, the rumors are true, sends in a tip and says, Ben Platt, Shirley Henderson, they're teaming up to play two teenage siblings in a movie starring Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tony McGuire, titled Three Men and Two Teenagers. Shirley Henderson played an 11-year-old in Harry Potter. She was 35. <laughs> uh, that's very funny. Uh, well, there you go. Three men and two teenagers. That could happen. The rumors are true, could happen, and your name is The Rumors Are True, so I can't doubt you. If those rumors are true, then that might very well be happening. Something tells me you're pulling my leg, though. You're joshing me. Joshing or joshing us. Um, but it could be true. I don't think it is, though. Victor Vodka says, Hi, John. I normally wait for reviews before buying tickets to movies I'm not sold on. If a movie gets mediocre reviews, then I skip it. Do you think movies would make more money opening weekend if reviews were normally held off until afterwards? No, I think a lot of people go to movies because of the reviews. I, I, and that's, you know, my whole life. I, I always, on Fridays when movies came out when I was a kid too, it's, it's been the same for a long time, I would read reviews. I'd read my favorite reviewers in the Seattle papers. Uh, whatever, John Hartle, that was the reviewer of the Seattle Times. I, if he liked a movie, I was, I was excited for it. Uh, if if I like to if I want to see a movie a review doesn't sway me if a bad if a movie I want to see has a bad review I I'll still see it so uh, I will but I I think we need reviews I think they need to come out with the movies I think it's important Michael C Michael C says hi John one of two on the topic of Toby and Andrew in No Way Home I have a theory on how you can have both Spiderman in the movie without the actors. Let's assume for a second these characters have small roles. You can have both Spider-Man show up with their original suits and have voice actors that sound like Toby and Andrew. They can be CGI or have anyone in the suits. That's assuming the role is small and there's no story reason for them to remove their masks. What do you think? I think that's an astute idea. Uh, I like that idea. And uh, that could be that could be very true. Uh, so they wouldn't have to work as much, but I, you know, I think if you're actors like Tommy McGuire and you're going to be in the movie, you want to you want to be in the movie. You want to do the whole suit thing. You don't just want to half-ass it. I think that they'd want to play all of it. But it is 
that is i mean they do that they do that anyway like when tom holland's making a spider-man movie he does a lot of his own stunts but there are stunt doubles and there are times he's just not in the suit and there's action sequences he probably doesn't even have to be there when they shoot them so yeah i mean i definitely that's not a bad idea but i think toby and andrew would want to uh they'd want to be in the movie as much as they could i i think maybe no, that other black guy sends in a tip and says, since my mom wasn't a movie man, um, since my mom wasn't a movie man or movie mom, I would have to tell her up front how long a movie is. Oh, I bet movie fan. Since my mom wasn't a movie fan, I would have to tell her up front how long a movie is before she agreed to watch it with me. When I watch a movie, I still check the time when it starts and when it ends. Do you have any childhood movie traits that you still carry? Ooh, that's a good idea. That's a good question. You know what? I, I, my movie trade is I love popcorn with salt on it, but no butter. That's, that's kind of a movie trade I've carried since childhood. And I like to eat peanut M&Ms with my popcorn. Sometimes I'll put peanut M&Ms in the popcorn. So when I'm eating my popcorn. I also get a jolt of salty chocolate, which I think is great. Uh, big fan. So that's, that's where I'm at. That other black guy. That's where I'm at. That, that's my, my, my youthful, habits that i've carried with me into adulthood uh the sock sends in a tip of one of three here's my pitch for the x-men in the mcu if it's dog shit be honest shield hydra have been testing for the mutant gene and have been taking preventative measures since the first incident in x year but it was covered up as natural phenomenon if shield does it they take him to xavier school if hydra does it they take him to weapon x in the present day raven darkholm's power emerges and she starts shape-shifting uncontrollably they didn't catch the gene in her because she her cells camouflage themselves this kicks off the public now knowing about mutants that's kind of interesting i mean hydra and shield separating mutants and that's interesting um i like that idea i think that i think that has some merit but again i think they're just going to reveal that they've been here all along i'm av i'm av says i appreciate you validating the serious of mental health I deal with depression and PTSD, most stemming from my combat time in the Middle East. It is often difficult as a man to acknowledge weakness, especially to yourself. Well, I'm Av, I appreciate you writing in. I think, you know, uh, we don't, I think we need to do a better job as a country uh, for people like yourself who have served. I mean, there's a lot of, of mental issues that come with that. And I think that it is incredibly important to get help. These days, if you have certain issues, whether you're suffering from depression or PTSD, they have not only great medication, but they've also got great people that you can talk to about this. And I know, man, it's tough. I have a friend in the military who was messed up uh, through his time overseas, but he went and got help. He went and talked to people. And in this day and age, I think more, more so than ever, I mean, especially after the last year and a half, you, if you aren't feeling, if, if something is wrong, something's bothering you, look, talk to somebody. Talk to a therapist, talk to a doctor, talk to a friend, talk to all of them. Mental health is no joke. And keeping your mental health and keeping yourself stable is incredibly important. And uh, don't let anyone get in the way of your mental health. And, you know, you'd be surprised. Uh, being vulnerable and asking for help can be something that could save your life so thanks for writing it i really appreciate it and i'm glad that um that you you are aware of these things i think it's great i think it's great so i'm af tip of the hat to you sir 
Uh, Fanimator, and thanks for your service. Fanimator sends in a tip and says, what movies would be in your list of top 20 favorite films of all time? Some films that would be on mine, Ratatouille, Knives Out, Back to the Future, Infinity War. Can't be a classroom time or editorial. God, that John could do that. I mean, some of my favorite movies of, of all time, uh, Sunset Boulevard and All About Eve, All That Jazz and Almost Famous, The Godfather 1 and 2, Empire Strikes Back, Seven Samurai, uh, Amelie is probably up there. I mean, there's so many. And this is just today. Vertigo, Citizen Kane. Uh, there's so many. Uh, but I don't... I um, Gosh, I'd have to make a list. I'd have to sit down. Lawrence of Arabia. There's so many. So many. Ryan Loner sends in a tip and says, I was completely done with the Wachowskis after Jupiter Ascending, and I thought I could never be interested in another Matrix. And then I saw Sense8, one of the absolute greatest things Netflix has ever given us, so count me on board now. Yeah, you know, the, the Wachowskis are all hit and miss, but, dude, I like Jupiter Ascending. I think I'm the only one. I see Jupiter Ascending as a Disney princess movie. I like Jupiter Ascending. It's wacky. Um, but it's, yeah, I can understand. Nobody I know likes it. I'm, I'm in a minority of one. But uh, I'm excited. Look, I, I like the Wachowskis. I loved Speed Racer. I loved Bound. Uh, I like Cloud Atlas. So I am looking forward to whatever they are going to give us. I really am. Um, Preacher's Kid. God bless y'all, John and Rob. Well, thank you, sir. While WB was wrong for day and date release without even consulting their talent, would you say that some consumers are wrong for participating? Lots of people subscribe to HBO Max because of it. What are your thoughts? Bring on the filthy. I love that a preacher's kid is telling us to bring on the filthy. Your preacher father or mother has brought you upright. Uh, I would say that... Um, Look, if something, on, if something is on HBO Max and they've made it available to, to consumers, who sh you should watch it. You know, you don't need to, if, if you don't want to, in a pandemic, if you're uncomfortable, you don't want to go to a theater, it's great to be able to watch it. And I think that HBO Max is getting subscriptions and people signing up is great too because, you know, not everybody wants to go to a theater and I totally understand that. Uh, I think it's great if you don't want to go to a theater. I love the fact that people are getting to see these movies. Hey, John, you keep forgetting that V for Vendetta is done by the Wachowskis. I personally think that movie is amazing. Well, they only produced it. Uh, they did not direct it. So and they might have written it as well. So but they didn't direct it. So that's why people tend to forget about V for Vendetta. But they did produce it. So Lemon Lyman. Lemon Lyman says, hi, I love your show. Thank you for keeping us entertained during these crazy times. I was wondering, with the unexpected success of Shang-Chi, do you think they're kicking themselves at Warner Brothers right now over Dune releasing Day and Date with HBO Max? Yes. And we'll see if they're going to kick themselves even more uh, if it doesn't do well in Europe beforehand. But I, I think they probably are. Uh, but now, you know, again, but they didn't have a choice. You know, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback from our perspective now. They just, they didn't have a choice. They didn't know how this was going to go. They had all these movies that they'd made. They had to get them out. They've got interest payments to make. They had to do something. And uh, I can't begrudge them. I can't begrudge them for, for, for trying something. I really, I can't. Uh, Anthony MR says, John, my excitement for upcoming movies have been trumped by the gaming world. Sony had their PlayStation showcase and revealed Spider-Man 2, God of War Ragnarok trailers, and here's the big one. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake coming to PlayStation 5. Dude, 
I have a PlayStation 5. And when I heard that note, that, that news, I'm like, oh, yeah. Although the woman that's rewriting it does give me pause. Uh, but I think it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh, Kevin Malone Kleenex shoe sends in a very nice tip. Thank you, Kevin Malone Kleenex shoe. John, I have watched movie trailers of Love Story probably 20 times. Hey, I'm in it. Do you like it? I guess you did 20 times. My God, man. I'm glad you loved it. What gets me isn't just how well it's made, but how excited everyone is to be able to converse about something they truly love with passion. Well done, sir. I mean, it was fun, dude. I, I'm not going to lie. Making that movie was fun. Talking about trailers was fun. I got to talk about my favorite trailer for uh, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, whose voiceover I still remember. Beyond the darkness, beyond the human evolution, is Khan. I love that. So great. Banished to a barren, barren planet, left for dead by a starship commander he is destined to destroy. He has returned. I love it, man. It was so much fun to make that movie. Uh, Nosferatu sends in a tip and says, my mother caught me. Uh-oh. <laughs> just cop to it. Your mother caught you. You just got to be like, all right, I'm caught. Just ask her to not tell anybody. Just keep it between you guys. I know. It's tough. It's tough. What are you going to do? Mothers, man, they always know. They do. They always know. Uh, Andrew Sledge. One of three. Hey, John and Robin Aaron, if you're there, only me. I often hear you talk about how bad Netflix movies are in general. With the occasional Oscar contender or good or great movie, isn't that the same with all studios? Some straight-to-video movies, some bad or less? Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, oh, some bad or less than good, mostly okay, and the occasional artistically great movie or Oscar contender. It's just with Netflix, we actually watch a movie we would never pay to see in the theater because we can't. But rate them by the movie company, then whether they're good or not, mostly okay, and the occasional artistically great movie or Oscar contender. It's just with Netflix, we actually watch a movie we would never pay to see in the theater because we can. Uh, but rate them by the movie company. Um, I think you're right about that. You know, it's just that it, it seems to me a lot of them are like B movies. They, they're, they're, you're, it's a movie that's like another movie, like Extraction. Okay, it's another action franchise. Now they're making Extraction too, but Extraction is like a bunch of other movies that we've already seen before. So that's kind of why you you want to see something original from them. And I think it's hard for them because they can't get too original because then they worry: should we make this movie? Are people going to like this movie? But I think you're. I think you're right about that, but we do watch them, and you're right. I mean, there's a there's it runs the gamut, but with studio movies, you know you're getting like they only they might only make ten movies a year, and they're 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 expensive now, so you know you're getting something that's going to be lush and well produced and hopefully worth worth the effort and the time. Whereas Netflix movies are kind of a lot of them are are like another movie, but not as good as the movie that they're like, uh, which is always a bummer. Uh, Jeff John sends in a tip. One of two. Hey, John, I know you're not excited for the new Matrix movie. However, I am for many reasons. But my biggest reason is one of the main stars is a friend of mine, Jessica Henwick. Well, Jeff Jones, Jessica Henwick looks great in the movie. So, uh, well, she's a friend of yours. So you already know if it's going to be kick ass or not. Uh, Jeff Jones goes on to say she's also been in Game of Thrones as Namiria Sand, who I love. 
Uh, she's great. As well as an X-Wing pilot in Star Wars Episode Seven. I adore her. An amazing actress that many do not even know. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, Jessica Henwick was great as Nameria Sand. She looked great. She was a great actress. And I can't wait to see her in The Matrix. I'd love to be able to sit down with her. I, w- I wish she was my friend because I want to know everything that happened. Uh, so say hello to her for me. Tell her if she ever wants to come on my show, she's welcome to. Uh, Joseph Four. Joseph Four says, John, I was able to finish quarantine and avoid spoilers and finally saw Shang-Chi. And holy sheep balls, did I love it. It was visually stunning and emotional. The character dynamics were incredible. And I can't wait to see it again tomorrow. Well, I'm glad you're on the Shang-Chi bandwagon. Didn't it kick bootay? Much bootay was kicked. I loved it. Loved it, as you've been hearing me say. Loved it. Hey, John and Rob, considering the extreme success of Shang-Chi at the box office in this pandemic era, do you think there's any chance... Oh, wait a minute. Who's writing this? I don't know. Lance Bergson. Uh, Lance Bergson, or is it Bergsven? Bergsven? Is that is that like a Norwegian name? Am I getting it wrong? Lance Bergsven sends in a tip and says, Hey, John and Rob, considering the extreme success of Shang-Chi at the box office in this pandemic era, do you think there's any chance of Warner Brothers reconsidering putting out Dune or its other films as theatrical only, or is that door pretty much closed now? Well, I think for Warner Brothers, at least, the door is closed because they've been advertising, they've been getting, they've been saying, we're doing day and date. People are coming to HBO Max because they want to get, they want to watch Dune. They don't want to go to a theater. So I don't think, they've already announced that they're going to do theatrical only in 2022, but I think the rest of 2021, Warner Brothers and HBO Max have to, they have to stay the course. They have to do that day and date business because that's what they've told their viewers they were going to do. Mick Jesus is here and sends in a tip and says, just watch Midsummer. <laughs> Although it's an interesting character study, this is a terrible effing movie. It completely neglects to resolve any of the conflict it sets up. Yeah, Mick Jesus, I got to tell you, I, I, I mean, I, I, I appreciated what Midsummer did, but you're right. I mean, although the, the, I would say that the setup is kind of a, it's kind of a misdirect uh, for what happens in the movie. But there's a lot of people I thought, I thought Midsummer to me was a disappointment. I wanted it to go further and it didn't. So greetings, John. I love the show. Did you hear that Ryan Hurst from Sons of Anarchy will play Thor in the new God of War game? Well, that's pretty cool. I'm so excited for this. What a perfect cast. I think he could even top Luke Luke Hemsworth's performance. Thanks and much love. Man, uh, that's pretty cool. Ryan Hurst is going to play Thor in the God of War game. Uh, I can't wait. I love those God of War games. Uh, Bring it on. Bring it on. Love it. Uh, Jordan R. says, I know you don't like putting an actor towards a certain role, but please tell me, what what do you think about Amy Adams' Poison Ivy? Ooh, I love Amy Adams. I don't know if she'd be right. I don't think she's right for the part. She's too kind of girl next door. Poison, Poison Ivy needs a little exotic. A little bit of the exotic in her. Um, but I think Amy Adams is a little too non-exotic. But that could be me. But I love her as an actress. Panosh75 says, Shang-Chi is good. But I have to agree with my favorite critic that the third act once again devolves into another murky CG-infested slugfest. Overall, I think Suicide Squad was both more entertaining and more affecting. Well, um, I can see that. But because the stakes in Suicide Squad were more personal with people and, you know, watching dragons. I just, 
I say I love Chinese stories. So watching all that stuff that happened and Shang Chi riding a dragon, I'm like, I was so in. I was so in. I was an easy lay for that because I like uh, Japanese and and I just like Asian fantasy and science fiction. So I loved it. Loved it. Uh, DWK2000 said, "So is Warner Brothers actually pleased?" With how the day and date release model's been going for them? If not, then why haven't they just changed their minds and gone back to theatrical-only releases, especially after Shang-Chi did so well? I am so worried for Dune. Dude, you and me both. But I don't think they can. You know, I don't think they can. They have to stick with the day and date releases because that's what they promised people. That's why a lot of people signed up for HBO Max, and they have to see it through. They have announced that they are going day and date. They're going theatrical-only next year. But they're going to stick with the day and date this year. So that's where we are now. Anonymous says, do you think we'll get another Morbius trailer in front of Venom? I probably can guarantee you that. Also saw that Morbius is releasing in late January. Do you think Sony is trying to bury this film with all the focus on Venom and Spider-Man? Do they have faith in it? No, I don't think they're trying to bury it. Depending on how good it is, they got an Oscar winner starring. And it's another cornerstone. They, I think they're hoping Morbius is going to do business like Venom. You know, I really do. They want they want another eight hundred eight hundred million dollar nine hundred million dollar film. I don't think they want to bury it at all. Uh, ben Rayner sends in a tip and says, "John, happy Friday." To bring it back to full circle, I don't know about this Keaton guy playing Bruce Wayne in the Flash movie. He might be a little too short and old. Ah, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Can't wait to see Keaton back. Anyway, thanks for the shows and bring on the filthy. Uh, you know, I saw Michael Keaton. He was on one of the late night talk shows and man, he was talking about Batman. He is, he's stoked. I'm just so happy for him. He's stoked. I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be great. Um, very stoked. Jay Bling says one last thing regarding Dwayne Johnson and R rated movies. The answer to having him do them is simple. He accepts a pay cut. He's certainly able to afford one at this point, but it doesn't feel like he's unwilling, but it does feel like he's unwilling to accept one. However, uh, Jabling, it's one of two. However, I don't think it's just the money. He loves to work, which for him is not just making movies, but promoting them. And because he's been so focused on his 4Q brand, I'm not so sure he knows how to promote a movie outside of that brand. Well, that's that's pretty interesting. I mean, that, yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I think he likes to work and he knows, look, he knows his brand. He knows he's kind of a family guy. And the movies that he is shooting for are four-quadrant films. He wants to get the family audience out. And if he was alienating them, uh, he he cuts off his audience if he does R-rated movies. You know, a lot of people, kids that look up to him won't be able to go. So I think that's probably, it, you know, it feeds into why he does what he does. Uh, Zero Pop. Zero Pop says, worst thing about the Matrix 4 trailer is it reminded me I don't remember what happened at the end of Matrix Revolutions. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Which means now I have to rewatch this that horrid trash before the new one comes out. Ugh. Or not. Something tells me. I mean, you know, there were reports that came out this week that it's 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 only a sequel to the first Matrix and it, it ignores the other sequels. In which case, you're no problem. Just watch the Matrix again. Um... I don't know if that's true or not, but you know what? I always think that if maybe movies are bad, if you go back and you give them another look, especially if you haven't seen them for a while, maybe they'll surprise you. Go back and watch Revolutions and uh, Reloaded. Maybe you'll like them better. Uh, Your Name. What a great movie. Uh, at Cinemark near Ann Arbor, Michigan, Shang-Chi was to start at 3.50 p.m. After ads and trailers, actual start time was 4.17. Yeesh. Similar to streaming services, maybe they can have special showings at a higher ticket price with no ads and less trailers. I doubt that, 
I, I just, they need that to pay the bills. They need those trailers and they need that stuff to pay the bills. I think um, they should just, they should tell you when the, when the actual movie is going to start so you can miss that. But then again, the point of that, the, the audience that they need to have see all those ads and the trailers isn't going to be there. So it's, it's kind of a necessary evil, unfortunately. Uh, Mike Brandy sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, I went to see Suicide Squad at the Cinemark. I loved it. But they had to restart the projection five times. Yeesh. Oh, my God. That would kill me. Got a free movie ticket, which is great. In June when I saw Fast 9, same issues. No apology. No free ticket. Fast 9 was a matinee and Suicide Squad was night. What gives? Uh, I don't know. Your theater has problems. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that, was, uh, that was a bummer. Uh, I don't know why you, they wouldn't have given you a free ticket beforehand. Maybe maybe the people working, maybe since they've had many problems, they've now uh, managed. It's like, no, man, you got to give these people free tickets. Got to give it to them. Uh, Lou from Houston sends in a tip and says, I love Chang-Chi except for the subtitles because I'm vision impaired and I was unable to read any of it. Oh, what a bummer. Um, you know, some theaters do have vision impaired uh, stuff like glasses and things like that. You might want to check next time, but you probably didn't know it was subtitled. I mean, although you could probably figure that a movie like Shang-Chi, if they are going out of the country to a different country like China, there would be subtitles, but there's no reason you, you, you should have known that there were subtitles, but you know, it's always something maybe ask about that next time. I don't know much about what the vision impaired, what they have. I know they have some things, but I'm glad you loved it. Um, and I'm sorry, I mean, maybe go back and find out, because there's a lot of interesting information in the sub, sub, subtitles, or wait, you know, wait until you get it, you can watch it at home. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, imagination connoisseurs everywhere, however you identify across these 28 known galaxies, I've come to the end of my list of questions. I always love doing these. I want to thank John Campia for letting me do them. I hope you enjoy me doing them, because I have so much fun doing them. Uh, I love your questions. I love what everybody asks. Uh, we have a great, great community here on the John Campy Show. So thank you for uh, listening to uh, this over 90-minute stream. Actually, it's 100 minutes. This is a 100-minute stream. Thank you for uh, an over 100, 100 minutes of your time. I hope I did right by your questions. I hope I didn't miss any. I always feel bad if I miss them. I'm like, oh, my God, I get depressed for a week. So I hope, uh, hope I did a good job for all of you. Uh, once again... Uh, we remember 9-11 today, and thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, come back, and the John Campy Show will be going strong. I mean, next week, people, we're going to have fans who watch this show who have seen Dune, and we won't be one of them, although I've been told I might be able to go to a screening. But who knows? But next week, opening in Europe, opening in Europe, all over the place. Can't wait to hear what you think. And on that note, remember, every person you meet has a story to tell that you have yet to hear and all you have to do is listen and as i always say have a better day